You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 19 of Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Lisa Williams. Alongside her husband, Matt Williams, Lisa and Matt are on a mission to empower our salons to optimize performance, product and profit. Professional Beauty Solutions is Australia's most respected and trusted distributor of the world's most impressive beauty brands, delivering exceptional customer service, training, marketing support and business education to beauty salons, spas and clinics across the country. Starting from just one brand over two decades ago, it now houses 12 innovative beauty brands, and I personally stock seven of them in my own salon, including Sun Escape, which is a professional tanning line that has been created from Matt and Lisa's love from being bronzed, keeping the PBS team looking like they've been on holiday all year round. I'll keep this intro short as we have our longest podcast episode to date, and it's also our final episode for 2018. I wanted to thank each and every one of you that have tuned in, hit subscribe, made comments, and shared the podcast with another beauty boss you know. It means the absolute world to me. Lisa and Matt have a very generous $500 prize pack from Sun Escape to give away to one lucky listener. So make sure you like the Professional Beauty Solutions page on Facebook, comment on their social media graphic of Lisa's interview on our social media with your biggest takeaway from Lisa's beauty boss journey. I'll leave all the links below. I hope you enjoy this episode. Lisa, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. Thank you so much for being here with us today. How are you? I'm good and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're so welcome. It's the last and final episode of 2018. If you are listening to this in the future, that's absolutely fine. But I wanted to um, have this opportunity to bring Lisa from Professional Beauty Solutions on because um, actually I've had a bit of a heartwarming moment with the company this year and it's really um, left such a warm and fuzzy feeling. I won a Marketing Excellence Award with award with the company and um, I thought it would be the best opportunity to finish off the year with one of my biggest highlights and basically sharing the the journey of Lisa Williams um, beauty boss journey with you all because I was very inspired after hearing some of the background stories of the company when we were up on stage so I wanted to start the episode with sort of how I found you in the first place because I had a really incredible customer experience with the company and um, I think 
anytime I have that, I like to, to share it, but it really did make me move forward in starting to stock um, some of the professional beauty brands. So it started with obviously the point the first point of call when I um, called to inquire actually about the Dermalux LED um, light that you have. And then that turned into what types of skincare that I was stocking within my um, salon. And so we had a quick conversation on the phone with one of your um, customer service girls, which are all absolutely lovely on the phone every time I speak to them. And then the next sort of half an hour, I had the Queensland business development manager give me a call. At that time, I had little Emilio. He's, uh, he was one and a half or something by then. So I was going through all the, the growth spurts and the changes. And Joe at the time gave me a call after hours because that was the best time that suited me because he'd finally fallen asleep. And we had a really fantastic chat about what my business was doing, how I wanted it to grow and what would best be suited from um, the incredible array of products and um, companies that professional beauty solutions distribute. So that was a fantastic conversation because it really opened my eyes into your company as being a complete solution for what I actually was moving forward with because I had been sort of hiding behind the scenes for the first five years of my business. I worked for a, um, a skincare company, Dermalogica. It's a very well um, known brand. And I built my business up over five years while working full time, night times and weekends. And it was time to have my baby, had a little Emilio and then Utorium was growing fast and I really needed to start focusing. So I decided not to go back to Dermalogica and I hadn't even looked at skincare. So it was a really big gap in the market for me and for my clients had never, they were going elsewhere for their treatments. So um, within three days, I received a big box of information on a beautiful magazine that professional beauty solutions um, have printed for all of their brands to become educated and see some great visuals because I'm very I'm a very visual person and um, an array of products for me to try and within the next two days after that I had one of the um, business development managers out in my salon giving me a skin treatment. <laughs> so wow. you can imagine how wowed off my feet I was with that. Um, yeah, beautiful customer experience as a business owner that had done almost six months worth of research into the brand that I wanted to stock. And you were my last call. I put everything else to bed and I decided to open an account with Image Skincare. And the relationship has flourished from there. I now stock seven of the professional beauty brands and I'm addicted to everything you guys do. It's absolutely amazing. The amount of support. Um, I love all of the marketing on a platter that you do. It really helps me save time within my business um, and helps me have a really professional outlook in what I want my salon to be perceived as. So um, there you go. <laughs> that is well, my I... introductory and yeah. I wanted to basically bring you on here today to, um, to share your story with my listeners because I think everyone needs to know about who you are and what professional beauty solutions can do for their businesses if they own a, a bricks and mortar salon or an online business as well. 
So thank you so much for that, Lisa. <laughs> well, thank you for that wonderful, really generous um, introduction. That was really lovely. But I just want to um, say that, Angela, you are our dream customer. And watching how you've grown your business is what drives us. Watching how you take some of the content that we create because we just we're so passionate about giving creating that support and and seeing how you then you know make that your own and you sh and you use that content to grow your business that for us is why we do what we do like that that is where my heart is the absolute happiest when i open up facebook and see your posts and i see the passion that you have and also the proactivity that you have, the way you have built your business, the way you promote your business. You're a very, very smart business owner and you're very, just very clever in, in what you've done and what you've created yourself. And I'm, I'm just so happy that we get to partner with salon owners like yourself, business owners like yourself. And if I could have, you know, a hundred or several hundred of just you that would make my heart sing because <laughs> you, you really do you you are an excellent um example of what is possible um in terms of working on your business and growing your business and not just you know working in the treatment room and i know that you would do that really well as well but the way that you kind of communicate with your clients and what you're doing to grow your business um, I know how hard that is as well and I just I'm really impressed and really inspired by business owners like yourself and you you inspire us to um, to constantly try and be better and provide even more than what we are like we know we're near the finish line of where we we're going yet um, and it's people like you that keep us motivated like honest to God um, that's the truth and if we didn't have people like you, I don't know that I would get up and want to do this every day. Um, so thank you for keeping us motivated and inspiring us as well. Oh, well, thank you so much because I didn't add in there about, um, you know, being, being a home business as well and having a lot of conversations and letting people know that you have built your business from home. Um, my setup is completely professional. It's, um, it's not separate from my house, but I have a separate entry. I have a reception and two treatment rooms basically taking over, but <laughs> um, it's not the end dream for me. And I think where people get stuck and from a distributor, depending on, you know, their ideal client and, and, and who they want to have stocking their brands, it's, it's kind of, you know, you've got to have a professional setup. That's one. It's just a, it's a yeah. point for me, but you saw past what, what I want to be. <laughs> so the end career goal isn't for me to have an attachment salon to my home, but for my time of life, when I had my son Emilio, I needed to have a backup plan for kids. Yeah, and absolutely. I am very business driven being in a business consultant role, being on the cruise ships, running your own column. It's me that makes my own money and I will always be a therapist in a room, but I have, a, I have so much passion to um, continually recreate in my business to make my clients excited to come and see me because yeah, they've still got to drive up my driveway to come in. So that first impression might be, oh, it's a home business. And as soon as they walk into my doors, it's 
taking them away from the hustle from the outside. And I've created an environment that just, it even looks better than somewhere that you could walk into a shopping center and have a quick wax, you know? So it was, um, and the service, I'm sure the service that they get with you and the way that you make them feel is the most important thing. And you've done that by creating a beautiful space, even creating a space at home. I think that, um, I think that the home businesses will be the backbone of many companies in the future because of rising rents, lifestyle, being able to do, um, like you said, work around kids. As women, that's a reality that we have to um, figure out that, you know, men perhaps don't have that same um, hurdle that they have to overcome, but it is a real one for women. And we've raised two children in, in within our, as we've built our businesses as well. Um, and yeah, I think that home businesses when set up well, um, can be bigger and more successful even than one, you know, in a shopping center and paying really high rent. And then so much of your money's going to, you know, a Westfield or some type of, um, uh, you know, um, big, huge company that are owning these types of shopping centers. So, having something that you can build from home, that's something that we've never, ever said we won't support home salons. And I, and we have seen that and heard that a lot in the industry. And we straight away realised, well, you can have a really amazing setup from a house, um, even if it's within the home. Like the way you've described yours and from the photos that I've seen, it's beautiful, it's professional. And the way you make someone feel is everything. I used to go to a gym, I used to go to a beautiful um, brand new gym. I've been to a few different gyms right now. I train with a, with my trainer in her garage and I don't care that it's in her garage. She's got all the equipment in there. It's just as professional. My sessions run very much the same as what they did, but the way she makes me feel when I go in there is everything. And I love training with her and I look forward to training with her. Whereas, you know, sometimes you know, especially if you're going and having, I don't know, something like a spray tan, you don't want to be necessarily walking through um, a shopping centre or, you know, a strip mall um, to have those sorts of things. It's more personal um, and I think it's as good, if not even better in some cases. So yeah. we welcome supporting home salons for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really lovely. Thank you so much. Well, what a great introductory there. I'll get you to kick off. What is your definition of a hashtag beauty boss? Oh, um, this, is a, this is a tricky one for me because um, I've never really looked at myself as a boss. It's something that I um, almost shy away from. Um, I think that I feel like I'm in collaboration with my team. We've always had, we've always had teams and yes, essentially I am a beauty boss or if you have a team, um, you are, um, I mean, I guess the difference too can be the distinction of being self-employed where you may not have a team, you just work for yourself and you do treatments, you know, in a salon for us, um, in this industry, we started out from the beginning uh, with a team. Uh, I, I knew I couldn't do it on my own. And so, um, but I always felt like we were in it together. And I think the difference for me and why I've not, that for me, that phrase doesn't resonate so much because I don't come from a background of beauty. I'm not a beauty therapist. 
um, that wasn't where my background was. And I know that a lot of the listeners here um, will have been come from that place where they've they've been trained as a beauty therapist, they've worked in a salon, they've worked for themselves, and then they've expanded and grown and, and they may, may have a team or they may aspire to have a team. Um, so for me, the beauty boss thing is kind of something that I don't identify with. I identify um, as a, definitely as a business owner, I definitely identify as that. Um, but I kind of identify more so as a, like a team leader. Um, even though it's my own business, it's more like, okay, how do I get the most out of my team and what can we achieve um, with an amazing team? And it's always a collaborate, collaborative and we always call it a very democratic um, uh, workplace as well, um, a, a democratic dictatorship where we listen to everybody's ideas and then we make the final decision. So we, you do have to make those final decisions. But, yeah, team is, for me, why I do what I do and coming to work and I couldn't do it without them. So I don't know. It's just I don't know whether that's my self-esteem or what it is, but it's just I look at it slightly differently. I don't know if that answers your question or not. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fantastic. And I think a lot of the um, people that I interview, they always bring it back to being that leader. I can definitely see through the Professional Beauty Solutions banner that the team culture is everything with your brand. And yeah. I even see that when, um, say, Jules comes to visit me um, for our meeting, we always discuss ideas and things that we can, um, that she can take back to give feedback. And then she's giving me ideas of what um, one of the other people did within the team. And I just, I just love that. You're, you're an open book to it. And the, I guess, yeah, fantastic structure that you've got to be able to have such an, an amazing team in place and, everyone's got their roles, but it just seems like you're one big, um, gorgeous beauty family. <laughs> we are. We really are. That's how I feel. And I do feel like my team members are my family. Like that's definitely, um, rings true for me. And yeah. you know, sometimes when I've lost a team member, like even if it's to having a baby, um, I've physically grieved the loss of a team member. Like literally it has felt like a death almost because they they go from being with you every day and then they're not with you every day. And I physically, like I didn't realize until looking back, I was grieving that person during that time. And because of how important they were in my day-to-day -day operations within my business. And that's really tough, like, because there's always going to be a certain level of team turnover. So that's a, that's, that is a challenge that you, that you do have to um, overcome. But on the upside of that is when you have relationships that you actually kind of grieve and they're always remaining in our lives. Like these mm -hmm. people are still coming and see us and we still have contact with them and they're still part of our family. Um, and they'll come back into our family as well, which is really nice. Um, but I, I, yeah, I just, the upside of that is you do get to come to work every day and really enjoy it because of the people that you're coming to work with. So that's, yeah. that's what I love about it. That's so beautiful. And I think I actually used the same words when I, it wasn't about winning the award, but when I had decided that I was going to go and nominate myself for this award in particular, and then taking the plunge to go to Expo, be a part of the awards night, I said to Julie that I feel part of the family. And I think it's yeah. because I had shied away from, um, you know, my business for so long because I was working full time and then being a new mum um, that, you know, it's that, um, that feeling of being worthy enough that my business was good enough to, 
you know, be, be shown to everyone. And one yeah. of the girls, um, we're a little bit tipsy by this point, but she did say on the dance floor at the end of the night that she was so um, proud to be a part of this company because she never realized, because she, she actually has one staff member. Um, so she, she was bigger than me, but um, she didn't think that she was worthy enough to even go for, she was at the awards night, but she didn't nominate herself for an award. And she's like, it made me feel that I could probably go for something next year. So it's just beautiful. But whatever message that you're putting across and what I can do with this platform, I think it's, um, yeah, we we continually just need a a point of inspiration and um, to to know that we're we're good enough um, because this industry can take us everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's interesting, though, that people's self-esteem, we don't think of ourselves as being worthy. And that's a huge challenge for me too, um, Mm. is is actually, um, we always joke too, I've got very low self-esteem, but high self-worth. I don't know quite how that happened, but like, I think that, as I don't know if it's a female thing as well as that we think, oh, it's this little old me. What what do I have to say that's important? But everyone does, and um, sometimes it's the little quiet achievers that actually should be standing up um, and having the biggest voices because they they're the ones that are you know kicking all the goals and really um, getting so much done. And usually they have no idea that they're getting as much done as they are like, um, and, and I think I fall into that category too. Sometimes like people will say, Oh, I'm, you know, really impressed and inspired by what you've built. And I'm like, really? Like, Oh, okay. It's not, it's not that big or it's not that good or whatever, you know, but you, you don't see it when you're in it. But, um, but yeah, I see that with some of our, um, and it's really lovely to watch when we have salon owners that, um, flourish over the years and we've watched the journey of salon owners um some particular ones that just are really beautiful and they actually start to feel confident um in what they're building and and actually own it as well um yeah so that's really lovely yeah it is isn't it so well that brings me i want to hear it from the beginning so you've you've not got a beauty industry background so can you let the listeners know um what led you into first of all having a just deciding to have a distribution company and then we'll get also um into sun escape because that's a brand that both you and matt have created together um so i want to hear what was the light bulb moment and what led you going down into creating a complete retail and professional sunless tanning line because you probably had enough on your plate as it was (laughs) yep (laughs) <laughs> we did um okay so how did we get into the beauty industry this is like it's a bit of a long story um but I have to kind of preface it by giving some background um yeah. I started my career as like um I was at uni and when I met Matt I was studying um accounting and management doing a commerce degree that was going to be my path and then I met Matt and he was this young guy incredibly driven goal driven entrepreneurial he really had the entrepreneurial spirit convinced me to quit uni and follow him to america to follow um the dream of um of being a distributor for it was actually a a health um like a vitamin company and i did that crazily and went okay (laughs) he was very convincing um but i was always up for i think being out of my comfort zone and giving myself a challenge and thought, okay, well, let's just see where this goes. 
fast forward a year, we did that and, and we were trying to bring that particular um, product and brand back over to distribute in Australia. So that was the first kind of entrance into distribution model that we had. Unfortunately, due to the TGA requirements and the challenges and the red tape and how difficult that was, we just, it wasn't, we couldn't do it. So we were like, okay, that's not going to work out. We came back to Australia and we started, um, Matt was where we worked in real estate. I actually studied psychology as well for a while and um, did a, my an advanced diploma in psychology. And I think that that still influences me today as well, truth be told. So, but while we were over there, Matt's mum and dad um, were introduced to um, Pauline Youngblood. And she, at the time, had 10 shades of loose mineral foundation and one kabuki brush, and that was it. She didn't even have a stand. Oh, no, she had a stand, I think, for it. It was just a little Perspex thing. And she um, was basically selling it you know, look like out of the boot of her car and from the place that she was working at at the time. She didn't have any distributors for the brand. And Matt's mum was a hairdresser and makeup artist and she'd owned several salons herself. So she was in that industry and she fell in love with the loose mineral. At the time, there really weren't many. It was a very new concept. This was in 1995 and it was a brand new concept. People, a lot of people just didn't know what mineral makeup was. Um, and so the concept was very new, but it was this makeup that was really good for your skin, gave incredible coverage. Um, it was like a three in one product. It was a concealer, a foundation and a powder all in one. And Gay just fell in love. And she convinced Pauline Youngblood at the time to um, bring it back to Australia and start distributing it. Meanwhile, um, as they were doing that, Matt and I went into, again, the entrepreneurial spirit, more so of Matt, but I'm up for anything, um, was we, we, we decided to open up a, um, a Glory Jeans franchise. So we had, by um, the time that we ended up joining, we, we had built four Glory Jeans stores. So we built them from scratch. Um, we had four stores. We had about 90 employees. Um, we had all the stores operating under management. And um, they, like Matt was going down and working. I was having babies at this time as well. So I was in and out of the stores, but also working a lot from home. I was doing all of the books. Um, I was doing all of the wages, all of the accounting. Um, so I was, you know, supporting the business from that perspective. I had worked in it before as well. And we built this business and it was an incredible business. We had incredible team members. So I think that that was where we really cut our teeth on building team and how to go about doing that. And, um, and then it was around uh, that time that Gang Grain came to us and said, look, we, we really want to grow this. They still were working from home and they didn't have any staff members themselves. Um, they were kind of starting to really approach retirement and they wanted something. They thought, well, maybe Matt and Lisa would like to um, come into this business. So we, we looked at it and um, I had always been really passionate about makeup myself as well. And I didn't have I had lots of pigmentation on my skin. I very freckly, you know, grew up on the Sydney beaches and sun damaged and always wanted to kind of cover and protect my skin as best as I could. And I fell in love with the product as well. I'd been wearing the product for the nine years that they had been distributing it. And I knew that the product was really special. And we watched them kind of grow the brand just incrementally every year without really doing any marketing or having a team or anything like that. And we thought, well, what could we do if we came in and actually 
um, put all of our focus and attention on this and we built a team around it and we actually, and we marketed it, what, what could actually this turn into? So that was kind of the beginning of it for us. And um, so we, we came into the business, we purchased half of the business and we went into partnership with Gay and Graham. And we straight away, I was like, okay, um, I need to learn about this business. And um, we knew that, like Gay was, um, yes, yeah, she, she, was, she was able to teach me so much, but there was so much still more than I needed. So something that Matt and I always did in everything that we've ever done is find mentors and find people that do know what they're doing and look at what they're doing, study it and then model it. And that's a philosophy that we still do to this very day. If we don't know how to do something, we look at what everyone else is doing, we analyse it, we look at what's working and then we make an educated decision on how to move forward. So we started by looking for some of um, the best industry people that we could find and we started in building a team and we started to... Um, I guess, pick the brains of those team members. We used their years of experience to give us the knowledge of what was happening in the industry. What was it the industry needed? What was it not getting? We kind of really looked at it with a very fresh set of eyes. And I think that not being a therapist in that way probably really assisted me because I wasn't, I didn't have preconceived ideas of what, this, that won't work or that won't work. I had very kind of green and very Matt and I were very open to saying, let's look at who's doing this really well. And then, so that's what we did. We studied, we looked at, um, you know, all of the competitors in the marketplace. We looked at what was working for them. We looked at what wasn't working for them and we built our business that way. Very incrementally, um, kind of brick by brick and, and working in the business. I was in the business every day and I still had, I think Ellie was six months old. Um, so that was tough. And we still had, the, we were in the process of selling out of our Gloria Jean stores, which we eventually did. But at one point we were managing everything. So it was a bit crazy. But that's how we ended up in this, um, in this industry. And I guess, as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> Continual um, history. I love that. Yeah as well, it's amazing that you've both come together in a partnership as well and can work, um, you know, how many years has it been now since that's um, began? Yeah, nearly 25 years um, that we've been working together and we have worked together the entire time really since um, the first year we met. Um, and, and I think that that is probably a bit unique. I don't know that not everybody has that. And we're very, very lucky and very, very fortunate in that regard. Uh, and, and I think that's too why I struggle with the, the boss thing too, because I feel like the biggest part of my team is Matt and I as, as doing it together. Um, and we have done everything together. He's more the vision. I, in a way, he's more the visionary, although I am as well. Um, and, and I'm kind of, I execute a lot of um, the day-to-day -day stuff. But then he takes care of finances and things. We, we each have very unique roles in the business as well, um, but we do work really well together. Yeah. That's yeah. It looks like it complements each other really, really well. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Beautiful. And so 25 years ago, and then how long has Sun Escape Tan been around for now? 
Well, we started with just young blood. So we grew that and we had phenomenal growth within the first three years. We had something, it was over a thousand percent growth in those first three years. Like it was unbelievable. We couldn't quite believe how quickly and rapidly it grew. Once we put a team of salespeople on the road, we, you know, employed a marketing team. We started to build a customer service team. In the beginning, I was doing it all. And then we, yeah, so we were growing that very rapidly and the company was just going from strength to strength, which was really exciting. And then we, I always, again, it comes back to, I think your voids drive your values and and drive the direction that you take. My void was, and really Matt's too, is that we're both pasty white and don't tan very naturally in the sun. Um, so Matt had actually been using tan since he was a 16 year old, which was very weird for, a, um, he's very metrosexual. Um, <laughs> and, um, he and I had as well, like, again, I think I was, I was, when I was started spray tanning, there was like one place in our shire, like in multiple suburbs that you could find that would do a spray tan. It was a hard thing to find back when we were back in the nineties, there was a lot of salons weren't spray tanning. There was sun FX and there wasn't a lot out there. Um, so I'd always, um, used a fake tan of some kind or other. Uh, and we just really want, it was something that I thought if I'm going to do my own brand, that's what I want to do. Um, I want a tan that looks really natural, that fades naturally, that doesn't have the patchiness to it. Uh, and we probably started that process, I would say about year three of us being in the, um, the beauty space so we're in three years just purely young blood then we started to play around with some formulas and it was it took us really two years to play with enough formulas find get that the formula right and we were fortunate too that we had um some good friends that owned one of the leading tanning salons um in the country at the time so we were able to do a lot of testing on in within their client base and that was really helpful um because they were able to say look this it's to this or it's to that. So we'd go back and we'd give that feedback to the formulator and then we'd make another batch. And it took us over a year of really just testing it in that salon until we got um, the formula. We knew that we had a winner when they said um, whatever they came back, the clients that used the customers that used the tan came back and said, whatever you gave me last time, I want that again. And that was when we knew, okay, this is our formula. Um, and then the process of, you know, packaging, branding, um, you know, finding someone who can build a website, who can brand something. We, I had a real vision of what I wanted because there was a lot of brands out there at the time that I didn't really love the way that they were marketed. I thought some of them were great products, but the marketing just didn't resonate with me. Some of them were great marketing, but the product didn't really resonate with me. So we came from this place of how could we create a brand, a product that we love, that we want to use ourselves, that looks appealing for people to buy and um, appeals to that. And, and that was why we came up with the, the, the names that we did because we, we, everybody else was calling their tans chocolate and fudge and coffee and cappuccino and latte and all these food-inspired names. And we thought, oh, that, what's darker? Is chocolate fudge darker than cappuccino or... or or I don't know, um, yeah, chalk fudge and caramel. And we just couldn't, I couldn't, it didn't make sense for me. So we, that's where we said, well, what if, you know, a tan is supposed to make you feel like 
um, that you've been on holiday and you've been somewhere. And one particular time Matt had been testing and he went into the gym and someone said, oh, where have you been? You, have you been on holiday? You look really good. And he was like, oh, that's the perfect compliment to someone who's just had a spray tan, right? So, yeah, we kind of thought, well, the where have you been is, is the result that we want people to say when they use our tan. So we kind of went on that place and then that's how Weekend in Bondi and Week in Fiji and Month in Maui kind of came about in terms of the names that we chose. But that yeah. was the, yeah, that was the journey that we went on. And it, it was a really, it was way more challenging than I thought it would be. I'll, I'll say that. I'm like, if you've got any more questions about that, I'm happy to talk about it. But it was really, really challenging. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Gosh, having having a distribution company and then going and um, creating your own product line—that that's two totally different podcast interviews, isn't it? It's, it is. Um, it totally is. It totally yeah. is. So uh, I think if anyone does have any questions, um, they can leave comments on the the podcast link as well. Um, yeah, because you have done it so well and. You are so so right with that because when Summer and Santorini launched, I think that's sort of been the the best tagline because I've I've stocked Sunescape uh, probably for about seven months now, and I changed over from a brand that I'd had for five years, and I didn't have lots of different different colors. It was just the uh, different brands. It was just the one brand, and they had the three four colors and. Um, I really wanted to be under the the full banner of professional beauty solutions. But once I tried Sun Escape, I was like, this color is absolutely amazing. Then when you launched Summer and Santorini having the violet base, I um, did a kind of beta test with all of my clients to see if they'd like liked it and, and we changed yep. over. And every single client, oh, do the same one as your last like, last time yeah. it was beautiful yeah. it comes yeah. off really nicely as well so yeah and it's great to have um I'd always sort of had trouble selling the retail component of the brand that I had before but again having that complete um package for me to be able to market to my customers that the pre and post care of their spray tan is the most important and will give them the most longevity um for the professional look, the no patching and things like that. So yeah, yep. thank you so much for for developing that from one of the passions that you had of being self-tanned yourself. That's where it all yeah. comes from. And that's where the moose too came as well because I was a real, like I never, and still like in Matt and I, we've got a spray tanning whole um, area set up at home we've got a tanning room at work we have access easily to do a spray tan anytime but sometimes and it's only a one or two hour you know that you have to kind of put it on but sometimes in the morning I'm like oh, I haven't had time to do that it's a hot day out of the blue and you just want to have a skirt on and you need something to put on your legs and that was what I you know used a mousse previously as well and I really loved it so I said we need to have a mousse that's there for those last minute times when you haven't had an opportunity to have a spray tan and you know you look at Priceline they've got so many different um, mousse options now they didn't when we created our mousse they there wasn't a lot on the market um, but it's really exploded but I think the popularity of that because of the convenience of it too and if people are going to buy it from Priceline anyway, well, they may as well buy it from the salon owner. I think some salons think, well, I won't stop the mousse because people won't come to me then to have a spray tan. But some people are uncomfortable with getting their gear off. Some people don't have time. Some people go on holidays and, you know, I always have a spray tan before a holiday. But 
the minute I get there and I'm in the pool, um, it comes off after a couple of days if you're in a chlorinated pool. It comes off a bit faster than if you're not. So I need something that's with me that I can top up. So I always take away my mousse with me everywhere I go. And, yeah. um, yeah, so that was the other reasoning behind that. We thought, well, the salons need to be taking advantage of that income stream as well because it's just as important as offering a really good spray tan service in the salon. Um, yeah, so that was was all kind of with that in mind of myself but also for the salon and what we knew would, would help them to grow their business. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And as much as all the marketing support and the imagery, the photography you do is incredible, it also still needs to come back with that language that you're using in the treatment room as well. Cause a spray tan so quick, you've got five minutes to have a conversation. And if you've heard the words, I'm going on a cruise and um, I needed my spray tan before I went on the cruise. The biggest mistake I made was going on my cruise and forgetting my mousse. I went in the spa yeah. bath straight away and then my legs were so white and I had a short formal dress on and I will use that story with every single client that's about to go on holiday yep. and I can guarantee you a sale of a moose goes through because they've got to yep. take it with them. There's no other way. <laughs> Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's my story as well. Cause I, yep. yeah, it's just so true. It's so true. And it, and it relates to everybody. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, all right. We're going to start from scratch for a business. What are your two top important tips for the aspired beauty boss listener when they're starting out? Whether it be a salon, their own distribution company, they want to create a product line. If you've got anything in general, I'd love to hear it. Um, look, these are very, they're kind of a bit boring tips, but I think that the two most important tips for me are knowing your numbers and having a plan um, a working cat, some working capital before you open. I think so many people, it depends. Like if you're going to be self-employed and it's just you doing treatments, say from home, it's a little bit different. You don't, it's not as big a concern because, um, you're not having to pay bills to, you know, rent and that, those types of the big ones, like they're the big ones and wages if it's just you. But so, in that, but still knowing your numbers is really important. If you want to build and having some working capital, like I've spoken to salons that have started from home and they've not even had enough working capital to buy a skincare range in. You need to have enough back bar that you can do a treatment with and you need to have enough, you need to have at least a little bit of retail so that you can straight away start making um, additional income through retail. And I think that that's something that people sometimes underestimate. They don't quite have those things there and knowing your numbers, if you know your numbers, you can growing then becomes a more predictable thing. Now we, we went all in. So when we started, we went in with a build we had, so we had a high debt open and glory jeans was nearly half a million dollars. So we had high debt and we had um, high um, rent and we had immediately, I think we, the, the first store, we employed about 14, 15, 20 people. Yeah, probably actually 20 because they're all, a lot of them were casuals. We had some full timers and then we had a bunch of casuals. And um, so, you know, in terms of needing to know, there's nothing like, you know, jumping in the deep end and making the lessons come really, you have to figure out how to swim fast or you drown. So that was kind of in a way, a good thing though because it taught us to be very disciplined early 
And I think that sometimes when you do it on your own, slowly, 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 you get away with not being as disciplined and looking at those numbers. Um, it's a lot safer path to take. But I think that if, even if you do take that path, know your numbers, understand how to read a PL, understand um, what it means to have, you, what, it, what are your cost of goods? What does your net profit look at at the end of the month? Are you making money once you pay all of your um, expenses? And then what would happen if you employed a person? And then where you can, you can really guide it. So we've never, I mean, that first business that we had, we jumped in and went from zero to 100, boom, straight away. But we had a mentor and we had some really specific things that we um, followed and did in order. And most of it was around knowing our numbers and analysing our numbers day to day and then week to week. We had to be that disciplined. Um, it, yeah, so I, really knowing your numbers. And Matt and I often sometimes say, like, if, if you're going to open a business, I kind of think that people should have to do some type of business course before they get an ABN. Because so many times that we speak to salons and they, they just they don't know their numbers. They maybe have an accountant or a bookkeeper that, that they let do everything for them, but they don't really understand at the end of the day um, whether they're making money or not, or they're not making money. And, and oftentimes it's a really sad um, situation that we see a lot. Matt coaches salon owners as well around this stuff is that they, they just simply don't know. And sometimes it's the tiny little tweaks. You don't have to do big things. You can do a bunch of really little things, but that can have a really um, big impact on your business. And we always say your business is won and lost on percentages. Um, and like single percentage points and because they all add up and you might only you might have a you know on your P&L you've got so many lines and if, if you can um, just improve each of them by a percent or a half a percent at the end of that you've got 10 to 20 percent to now play with so knowing your numbers I know that's boring um, but it really is true and I think that if you want to build a build a business that you can then extract yourself from um, then you you need you kind of need to understand all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, and yeah. that's a, want I'll to... just that's a really great tip. Thank you so much for mentioning that because a, a lot of the um one of the things that the salon owners when I interview them they always say that about knowing their numbers. Um, yep. so they've worked through that, and I'll put my hand up. Complete um truth here, having a full-time job and starting a business, I dived right in because I knew um, that I could build the house and build the salon into it. And I wanted to create a professional setup. I didn't know how big it was going to be, but just by doing night times and weekends, I had a nice juicy salary that was funding um, yes. my life. And then all the profits of my salon was going back into the business. So yeah. I was just on, you know, driving force, moving forward, every single day. And then when Emilio did come along and I started to focus on the business full time, I've just hired my first staff member. It's serious business. And it's one of the biggest, it has been a hurdle of mine. It's a, it's been a bit stressful actually sort of just getting on top of that all. And even, um, yeah, just it's, the, it's the tiny little things. And once you sort of get a structure in place and you can follow it and you get into a bit of a routine to actually put in your calendar some time to work on your numbers, not just on the marketing because I'm a social media addict, but yeah. actually putting some space to work on the figures to make sure I'm setting the goals um, 
to make sure I can afford to make an order for next month. You know, it's all of those little things that I think, um, yeah, when you're starting solo, it's one thing to dive right in and get started straight away. But when you do have, um, I think it all kind of got quite serious with me when I started um, doing the skin treatments because I was selling so much product, but I was like, oh gosh, you sell it, then you got to get it back in. Um, yes. I'm making so much money from it, but then I've got to repurchase it. So it really is, if we can talk further on that in um, not a future podcast episode, but I, I know that Matt's done so much work in that area before. Yeah. I've done some of his profit and loss spreadsheets that he's put together in a workshop before, and it's been really, really helpful. So yeah. I think the, the more that we can um, let people know the importance and and you don't have to, yeah, we said it's a boring, inspired tip. <laughs> um, because but it's not, so important. It's probably the most advisors. Important. Yeah, yeah, we're not finance advisors, so it's not fun doing it. But um, I think it's very important to learn how to, and then, of course, you can just be across it within your business alongside your accountant as well. Yeah, I, I think that it is impossible to really grow a business without it. And, and, and an understanding of cash flow, like we've, I've met business owners that are intelligent, you know, men in their forties that still don't understand and own their own business and still really don't understand cash flow. Like when you've got a lot of money in your account um, and you think, oh, that's great. The account's looking really good. We can take some money out, but realizing, oh, hang on a second. I've got to put this much aside to pay the tax office. I've got to put this much aside to rebuy, purchase the stock that I've just sold and that's why that money's there. I've got to put this much aside for superannuation if you've got a team and, and superannuation for yourself. Um, it's paying all of those things and making sure. And that that balance of cash flow, that's a very real um, challenge that, you know, every business, like you said, even as a single owner operator there, you know, having to understand that cash flow so that you knew, okay, how much of this do I have to put aside so that I can buy more stock? And for us, that's huge. Um, I always say there's, there's four masters to our business. Um, there's team and always making sure that our team are happy, that they're inspired and that they're, um, you know, that they feel that they're growing. Uh, I think if, that, if they're not doing all of those things, then you'll lose them. Um, there's the customer, always keeping them happy and um, making sure that they're taken care of and that they feel um, valued and, and that their needs are getting met, they're getting their product or their service um, in, a, in, a, in a way that they want it to be. Then there's the suppliers for us, which is our, our, one of our biggest challenges um, that we have is, is keeping them happy on one hand, but also you know, a challenge of when they don't have stock on hand. And I think that owning um, or developing a brand like we did with Sunescape actually I really increased my empathy for our suppliers because I think I was a lot more judgmental on them before I built my own brand. And then I realized, oh, some of that stuff's just out of their control and it's not their fault. And because I we, we dealt with challenges around that stuff. So, um, but keeping them happy is still, you know, even if they don't have stock sometimes for us, the, all, all the stock that we need, um, it, we've also still got to keep them happy, otherwise we lose them as a brand. So that's a really big challenge. And then the final thing is managing um, the, the final master is the profitability of the business and making sure that the business is sustainable and that you do manage your cash flow so that, you know, you can um, 
always have stock on the shelf and yet still have money for marketing and growth uh, and, and still have money for team and growth in the team. So those, the balancing act of all of those things is I think the sums up for any business owner, it's probably those things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if that, if that makes yeah. sense as well. Yeah, that was fantastic. Thank you. I think there's quite a few golden nuggets in there for everybody to take away from this episode. Um, So I would love for you to share three apps that you just can't live without. All right. I know this probably isn't the app that you're talking of, but I think the first number one for me that I use in terms of a tool in my business is still Excel. We have different programs that we use and there are some apps that we use, but I still love an Excel spreadsheet. And I think you've got to love an Excel spreadsheet a little bit. Um, (laughs) Again, that's really boring, but it is an app that really um, I use every single day. And if I've got to look at anything, make a decision on anything, the first thing I do is I look at the numbers in an Excel spreadsheet. I I use, I'm not like super advanced. We have very highly advanced people that, um, you know, if I need some, I can do basic. Um, sums and calculations in my Excel spreadsheet, most of the ones that I need, but sometimes their skills are a bit better, but enough to get by. Um, So that's something that I use that I couldn't live without. Um, We also, obviously, to build and grow our business, we use Facebook and Instagram, and they're things that I think today we couldn't do without. Um, We use Facebook not just as a marketing tool, but as a communication tool. I realised that um, we were... We were emailing our our salons lots of information and salon owners don't live in the world of emails. Like unless you're a business owner that's maybe not working in your business. Um, But what we were getting was a lot of the salon owners were saying, oh, I don't read, I don't, don't read my emails. It's like, okay. Um, Mm. So we had to figure out a different way to communicate all of the things that we were creating for them in terms of the support, things like Moap, but also things like every month we send out, we create almost like a magazine really, and it's got our monthly promotions in it. And so many, like the open rates were less than 50%. So I'm thinking, well, 50%, more than 50% of our accounts aren't even opening that and seeing the promotions that we've got going on each month. So we thought, well, how else can we communicate? And that's where we created private Facebook groups for PBS customers so that I knew that like sometimes you'll see something in Facebook before you will go and open up your emails. And I thought that might just be an easier way to communicate news or specials or promotions or the marketing support, things that we were doing to support our our salons. Um, So we use that tool for more than just kind of marketing or for fun kind of not that it's fun for a business facebook is a really serious business tool but we use it for communication and and that's been i think really um a bit life-changing for us um yeah. and then we also use a communication tool within our like a project management tool called asana um and that's really good for working if you've got multiple teams so we have like we work at mostly in marketing but also in operations so there's an asana um, project for each thing because we've got so many different things going on. So staying on top of all those different projects, we use that tool, which is really really helpful. Um, so yeah, they would be my three. Does that? Does yeah, that... that's great. That's good. And I love the PBS Facebook community. I have to say that it's um, you know if you've got file share, so you can go onto the PBS website if you're a stockist yeah. and 
you've got a, your own login there, which is fantastic to be able to go in and get all of the incredible graphics or videos or any type of tool that the marketing um, team have put together so that we can use for our businesses. But then yep. just being able to access that, like I love that you put the album up on your Facebook group and I literally am on my phone. I'm like, oh, cool. The new image um, Christmas packs are out. I save all the images to my phone yeah. and because I'm on my phone and that's how I'm uploading yeah. into Instagram exactly. and tools. So it just, it's so, um, it's great because it's so easily accessible for me and that's how I um, receive information well when I can just yeah. have the time saving tools that I can do it on the go if I've seen it in between a five minute break between a client and I can quickly get those images so that I can put my marketing campaign together for the Christmas packs later on, then that's great. That's tick off the list. And I'm a bit of a, I don't work with Asana. <laughs> I work with the, yeah. the head at the moment and everything, cause you're just trying to make everything run smoothly for December. So yeah. I've got a big mind dump board and I seem to have a million things on there. So if, you have as a company and like a partnership saved me time in my business, then um, that's really helped me out. So Facebook is amazing. And if there, yeah, that's uh, what we were hoping for. Exactly yeah. that. That was you, what you just explained was exactly what I said when I was like, we need to put this stuff on Facebook and we need to repost all of the marketing sets there. Cause sometimes it's out of mind, out of sight. If you don't open up your emails and I understand that some days, like for me, it's back-to-back -back meetings. For the the beauty boss that's in their own salon working and doing treatments, you don't have that time. You might have a couple of minutes between clients that you just want to quickly look at something. Um, yeah, so we wanted to make that more accessible. So I'm so glad that that's working for you because that was the exact goal that we did it for. That was the exact reason we did it for. Yeah, that's great. And then, you know, like if there is a beauty salon owner listening out there, have you got a Facebook community for your clients? So how Absolutely. are they keeping up to date with your, with their, um, the promotions that you have? It doesn't have to be all about sell, 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 but from a client's perspective, if I'm seeing a promotion and I know that that group is a community for the client. So I am loyal to my salon that I go to and I know that I can always find the best value and service from them. So if I'm looking for something, I want to go back to that group because I know I can scroll and find it rather than just in a news feed. Facebook make it hard for you your post to be seen these days the engagement rates right down so if you can um kind of hack the system a little bit and have your own beauty salon group for your clients then um yeah you're creating a little hub for them to continually be um reminded of your business as well which is what yeah. I like. and I, th I think it's the um like you said creating community is huge and i think that it's actually the future of facebook and i would say but in my day-to-day -day life, Facebook groups, I mean, and I'm involved in several, are probably where I spend 95% of my time on Facebook. It would be within different private groups that I'm um, a part of. And I think that that's where people feel, um, where you can go to have those questions answered. Like even Mama Mia now, like in taking it from a big thing, they've now launched, the, is it the U Beauty um group and it's a group that you can go in and people are asking questions about what do I do if I want to grow my brows or for lashes or just like little beauty tips or I've got this skin problem what should I use on this like people are searching for that information and as a salon owner 
you are their, their, their go-to beauty person. And um, if they've got a question, you want them coming to you for the answers to those questions. And also to, you know, then what happens too is that there's this dynamic that gets set up where you're not even having to provide all the answers. Your other, you know, customers within that group are also providing answers for each other. And that's a really, I think that's the pinnacle of any group Mm -hmm. is when there's real um, communication amongst um, the members themselves as well so that they're talking to each other and sharing their stories and sharing uh, and that yeah that's what we're always trying to get to and where it's not just information also coming from us it's coming from each other the people that are in the group and that was another part of that creating those Facebook groups for PBS we have two different ones too we have like a more one that's driven by the marketing side of things, like in putting up the marketing sets for Moab and product images and the, the social media graphics and things. And then we have one that's called PBS Skin now. And that's where you kind of, where we put more before and after photos. We talk about maybe ingredients. People can ask questions. What, what do you think about this? I've got this client that's coming that's got this problem. How would you go about treating that? And then we can kind of support that salon owner through that um, answering those questions and also our other image um, clients can come on and say oh okay well, I've had a client that had similar issues and this is how I treated her and it worked really well so sharing of um, treatment plans and things like that is is also what we've tried to create um, through Facebook and and it has it's, it's it's still getting there like it's not quite where I want it to be but it's it's definitely getting there and I encourage people to do the same thing within their own business. I think it's a really positive thing to do. And it's an easy thing to do. It doesn't cost yeah. anything. So how good is that that we can I know. It's amazing. Them? We'll we'll probably yeah. be talking a little bit more about that. Um because I know um some of the members that I have at the moment they're asking about um how to get members into their Facebook group and then the content to deliver in there as well. So it's one of those things where they're they're, they're kind of struggling with what types of things. I think as a distributor and for me, I'm always um, doing lots of things in our group. And I just think of it as talking to um, my girlfriends, basically. Exactly. And your yep. clients love that. They, they love seeing, I put a post up about um, Emilio helping me set up the Christmas tree in the salon. And the engagement I got on that was great because they're seeing a little bit behind the scenes of the um, of what I'm doing in my daily. So my Instagram stories are a little bit unpolished and behind the scenes. Yep. And then the Facebook group's a little bit more real as well. And yep. then obviously my pages, you know, they're very visually pleasing and I have to have yep. them all perfectly um, designed and um, proper quality pictures. Cause that's the first impression. If someone's finding um, me, I want them to keep scrolling and, and find out more about me. And if the, the images are all um, you know, cut out like a face or a word cut out of the square that drives me absolutely insane. And if I was yeah. to find a business like that, I wouldn't be um, scrolling any further. So, yeah. um, but it's those, the juicy content is when they've actually gotten to know me a little bit better and they want to find out more, they can be a part of the group and, um, you know, and it's a little more real. It's a more personal. They get to connect a little bit more. Like I agree with you. You have those pages that the public pages that are more polished, um, and message driven about who you are as a business but then there is that other stuff that is and I think you can still share like you said on your insta stories and things things that are a bit less polished and that's the avenue to do that but then yeah the real connection stuff comes through um the, the group 
stuff as well. So it is, yeah. it's funny how you, you have to approach everything slightly differently too, don't you? Yeah, it's hard to be across it all, but um, yeah. that's what we're trying to, to do. And it's great to have a company that's um, sort of helping you along the line with that as well. Yeah. That was the whole thing with Moab, which is short for marketing on a platter. And we looked at, um, that kind of came out of, we, we were creating this um, amazing newsletter, all these promotions every month. And then we realised, oh, why aren't people, they buy the promotion in, but then they weren't quite sure what to do with it once they got it. Um, and we realized that they didn't have the marketing to, to really push it through. So that was where we, we thought, well, what if we did that for them? And we created them a whole set of social media graphics that they can use across Facebook and Instagram, and then also posters that they can have in their salon and display um, the promotion for the month and create hotspots and things like that. And then also an EDM that they could send out if they were doing email blasts with their database. And that's kind of how it all began was knowing how time poor everybody was, you know, you don't, usually you don't have a graphic designer on hand. It's something that you have to outsource. Um, and that's, that's more money as well. So we thought, well, what if we could do that for them? And we've got two full-time graphic designers in house now and the marketing team is now, I think a team of six. Um, so it's grown a lot. We started off with one marketing person, one one graphic designer and it just continues to grow so that's that's it that was yeah a part of our trying to make things easier for you guys because it's really hard um yeah when you're trying to do that and be a therapist and be a mum and you know all the things that you all the hats you have to wear as a business owner yeah yeah absolutely well thank you for investing in your marketing <laughs> it's been great <laughs> thank you for using it <laughs> no worries so what is one thing you are constantly searching for when it comes to support in what you do daily um in, com in terms of support like again i come back to team and one of the things that i'm looking for with my team is initiative um and the other thing is ownership so I, I always want to build a team that can do the job, whether I'm there or not, the job gets done the same. So that's definitely some, like a part of the culture that we really try to nurture um, and giving people extra levels of responsibility. Team, they want to grow. Like I think that any person that goes to work, you want, it's all about getting your needs met. And um, so, and then one of those needs is growth. Um, the other need is recognition. So when they do something good, I don't necessarily think that massive rewards, actually there's studies that say that rewarding um, team doesn't always get the outcome that you want it to, um, that recognition is more, way more important. And so we try to do that as much as we possibly can with our team and try to give them that extra responsibility, which stretches them. And sometimes they're uncomfortable with that, but if you hold their hand through that and let them know that you're there to support them um, and getting them to a place where they feel confident enough to have initiative and make you know decisions on their own. And usually you want them to obviously be making the same sort of decisions that you would make, but also they're coming up with ideas um, that you might not come up with. And I love that when you get a team member that says, what about this or what about that? Like there's nothing better when you get that. Um, and that's what's built our businesses over the years is listening to our team, particularly those ones that have stepped up and taken initiative to say, let's do this and let's do that. And then they can also execute as well. So initiative is definitely something that I look for, you know, when it comes to support. And then the other thing is ownership. So if, 
whenever they take something on that they own it and they see it through and that it's done um, to completion. And I think that sometimes you do have sometimes team members that will go, oh, we'll do this and we'll do that. And then they never actually follow through on any of that. They don't take the ownership of, well, it's one thing to have an idea, but it's another thing to actually execute that idea. And that's not something that you can do on your own. So you need team to be able to assist you in that um, and then take ownership of it as well. So yeah, they're probably the two things that I'm looking for on yeah. the day to day of running our business. And we do, we, we have, I have an incredible team and lots of them that do both of those things. And that's, mm. the, and that's what also allows me to um, go back to being a business owner and working on those other things. When you've got a team member that are operating on that level, then you're able to go and work more on the business and to grow the business in other areas. You can kind of take your eyes off that because you know that's being done well and then go and put focus somewhere somewhere else. Yep, yep, I love that. You do that very, very well. Now, um, do you have any specific routines that stick you, um, that you stick to, sorry, that set your day up for success? Daily, like morning routines or things like that, that's probably um, Matt's department more. He loves a routine. He loves, um, like, he's a bit crazy about his routines. I'm a bit like, um, I'm a bit anti-routine and not because I don't think they're a good idea. I think routine is is amazing and I actually do think it's very good for people to have routine there's something in me though that um, struggles with it it's almost like the minute I say I must get up and do this or I must do that each day the minute I tell my it's like going on a diet the minute I tell myself I can't eat that all I want to do is eat it um, the minute I say I must do this my brain instantly says well but what if not and I also because I think that um, for me, if I don't follow through on something that I say I'm going to do, like there's there's lots of things that I all that I do always do. But if there's like those little things, those little rituals and things like that, if I don't, then I beat myself up as well. It actually has a counter effect for me. Um, but there are things that I do, sort of I say casually, but yeah, they do form a part of my my world. Like I do think exercise is important, stress release. Um, through exercise and just keeping fit and healthy and eating well. So they're things that, yes, I do try to do each day, but, you know, I'm not always perfect at it. Um, and the other thing that I do, and again, this is not a routine, but this is something that I do for my own mental health, which is that we bring our dogs to work every day and not everyone can do that. I know that that's a very fortunate thing, but I find that they really calm me and they have a really good energy. Um, they provide a really good energy for the team as well. They keep us laughing. Um, things that make me laugh are things that I do to relieve stress. Uh, I love watching stand-up. I love going and seeing live stand-up, but I'll also just watch it um, overnight because it just decompresses me. I think nothing makes you feel better if you can have just a really good laugh and you have to be able to laugh. Like I think sometimes work can be so stressful and so full on and sometimes you just need to be able to switch off. For me, having time where I actually just switch off and let my brain go somewhere else is like, it's like a little valve that releases. Um, and I think that that's also a bit of a weird one, but it's no, that's something good. That I think, it, yeah, you know, routine is routine. Um, and I think the little rituals are always great. And if you've got the time to be able to, you know, have a little, 
morning vitamin station. Make sure you put your bestow in your smoothie. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, I do a spring smoothie every morning. Yeah, I do do a spring smoothie every morning. But um, yeah, like, but I love it. Like, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I know people that do things and they do love it as well. Yeah, green smoothie, that would be one that I do every morning because I love my bestow and I do feel so much better when I start the day like that, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I am the same with the whole bringing, uh, I don't have any dogs, that would be something that would definitely um, keep us nice and happy in the workplace. What kind of dogs yeah. have you got? <laughs> well, we've got, um, they're not very office, like I've got a, um, we've got a spoodle and you know, a lot of people have like little dogs in the office, but we also have a Rottweiler. She's a purebred, like big Rottweiler, but she's really sooky and really affectionate. And she just loves people and she loves cuddles and she just goes around to everyone and kind of demands cuddles sometimes. She's, yeah, she's, they're both really sweet, but yeah, <laughs> Rottweiler's so probably not the dog that everyone imagines that we have in the office. <laughs> no, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. The Spoodle, great, because it's not like going to shed everywhere as well. Yeah. But yeah, the Roddy, she's, she's a, we, like, we didn't kind of plan to have her either. She, yeah, she kind of came into our lives as a two-year-old, but she's just been amazing. Um, and everyone at work loves her yeah so I think fun things and laughter like having laughter at work is really important like we did something just doing silly things we I don't know if you saw I think you saw on Facebook we created a Christmas house for one of our team members this last week (laughs) that was fun Um, just doing things with your team that make you laugh and that's really important to me as well like that's that that's the stuff that helps me get through the day too yeah um, yeah yeah love that so i've got some rapid fire questions now what is the best book you've ever read uh, in terms of business like in terms of what was the uh, like best book i've ever read i find that really hard it's like picking a favorite child and i read a book and go i love that book I loved reading um, the Steve Jobs book. I think I loved that because it was really real and honest and I loved hearing about the challenges that he faced and the fact that he wasn't this perfect person either. He, in fact, was quite a flawed individual. Um, that was really fascinating to me and I, that was definitely something that I loved, really, really enjoyed reading. I love to read memoirs and stories based on true events mm. um, and and probably the book that I think influenced me in the very beginning was um, Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins. I mean, it was 25 years ago that I read it, but it's still something that influences me. To Like, I think that the things that I learned when I read that book definitely still influences me today. Yeah, I actually haven't read that one. I, I seen Tony last year in um, person and he was just spectacular. Like, so many valuable lessons taught in four short hours you could just listen to him all day and the I was there by myself actually really out of my comfort zone and jumping yeah. on chairs and things like that was like I'm not doing that yeah. <laughs> and then you find yourself doing it and going oh yeah okay. but you know what I said to myself I'm only going to take away what I put into this event and yes. everyone else is here for the same reasons so I'm going to jump on the chair <laughs> and yeah. had the best row. We were just full of beans and I went out pretty high energy. So any dose of Tony Robbins I can get in a day is pretty, pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he does. Um, 
like there's things that we, I think the thing with Tony too is that he set us on a journey of other people that we've that we follow and that we've read books of and been to seminars for as well listen to audio um you know books of different um in the same kind of genre but a slightly different take but Tony's evolved over those 25 years as well he's he's not the man he was 25 years ago today and that's been really interesting to watch as well um, because he does kind of give off this perfection, like these standards that are really high, but I've also seen him evolve that over the years and that's been really interesting. And I think, again, I come back to things that are very real too. So there's the, there's the buzz that you get, but there's all the other stuff too that I like with Tony. He does a lot of stuff on relationship and um, yeah. different personality types and I find a lot of his later stuff really interesting it's it's yeah it's fascinating yeah yeah we're, we're living in a life of university and i think we can um there's so many things in our beauty businesses that we need to be across of across but personal development and working on our relationships like obviously i'm trying to tick off all the boxes in my life at the moment too but i've got a emilio's three now so i just said the other day he's three next week I think we've started the three-nager stage <laughs> and yeah. um, I just want to be able to communicate as, uh, you know, being that mentor mum that I want to give him a really good impression of the, the parent that I want to be and I don't want to be yelling and smacking and all yeah. of these things when these tantrums come, when we've just made an amazing gingerbread house and then you just have to go to bed with a crying child and it's, it's yeah. really hard. <laughs> that. When you've got, but we just made a gingerbread house and now you're screaming. Like, why? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So it's all those little tools yeah. that I, I pick up when, yeah, you know, spending half an hour a day. If you, if you feel like you need to work on something for yourself, go and source the information, find the mentors that can help you. Absolutely. I've already listened to two podcasts this morning to, um, yeah. you know, whether it was uh, more kind of wealth, um, wealth one, um, well, sorry, not wealth. She speaks about wealth and wellness, wealth and wellness, and um, and one from an entrepreneurial standpoint. So I'm sort of dipping into two different aspects all the time with my podcast learning, and I just love it. Like you just can't yeah. get enough. How um, how lucky are we to live in a time when that's possible? Like ten years ago, there was no podcast. Like now, yeah. there's like you can just open up your phone and there's all these podcasts sitting on your phone and you don't even doesn't even like it doesn't cost anything you just kind yeah. of can go on and explore there's a wealth of knowledge at our fingertips that we just simply didn't have like we didn't I didn't grow up with computers I didn't get my first computer until I was in my 20s and that's um you know the world has changed so much more we're so so much more information at our fingertips you can google anything and get an answer to anything if you want to do anything in terms of your social media and you don't know how to do it, you just Google it. And there's a, you know, a YouTube tutorial that you can do. We even use YouTube tutorials to help us relearn year 10 maths when we're tutoring our son um, yeah. or our daughter. Like there's, there's information everywhere. And that is, we're very lucky, I think, to, to be living in a world in a time where that stuff's all really easily accessible. There's so much information out there yeah it's it is really great i think yeah it absolutely is who is someone that you would love to meet in person all right so this is also a little bit off um probably who you're expecting but i think i really um i don't 
like we've yeah I really like funny people I like funny smart people so um and I always joke Matt and I we always we we yeah we joke around that I probably leave Matt for Jerry Seinfeld um (laughs) I like Jerry's sense of humor I like his darker side of his sense of humor I like Ricky Gervais I love just I like funny people. So probably if I could go into a dinner party, it would probably be a dinner party full of comedians where I could just sit back and laugh at everything. Um, yeah. Because that just makes me happy. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, in terms of like business, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's so many different people that, you know, books and things that I've read and even meeting Tony Robbins was amazing and spending more time with him, I think would be amazing. Like on his inner circle, that'd be pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Um, I also really, like I always looked up to, I grew up with Oprah, you know, I watched, came home from school, watched Oprah. um, And I think that as a woman, what she's achieved um, with her life, where she came from is absolutely amazing. Um, So there's people like that, that I think I really look up to as well um, that are, you know, fairly, I think everyone would probably say. Yeah. But there's not, yeah, like, but it's not like, for, for me, there's also a bunch of things where I go, okay, I agree with this part and I don't agree with this part. So there's not one person that I think encapsulates everything for me, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah, but it's great because you're so open to, to learning. So you can take away um, what resonates with you and knowing um, because you stick to your values and, and what they are for you as a person and what your company's beliefs are. Um, and so you can implement what you like and then you don't have to take everything. And that's the same thing with me starting this podcast or starting Beauty Business Co. All of those mind blocks of um, who, who is she to be in front of the camera and um, is anyone going to listen to my podcast? All of that goes into my mind when I do when I press play, when I go live, even in front of my salon clients. And it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, well, I feel like I have a message to share with the world. And if someone takes one thing away and goes and implements and changes something in their business to be positive, um, I've done my job. So, and you know, then you get all the messages and the, the love hearts and things like that. And it makes you feel good, but um, it just keeps me thriving into what I'm doing as well. So you don't have to, you don't have to, you can love or hate me. And you, there's plenty of people out there that are, are doing similar things or not quite so similar, but something might cross paths. And that's okay too. We've all got a piece of the beauty business pie. And I just feel like it's the same with the product companies. Like there's so many different skincare lines out there, but what was going to meet my needs for a business owner was everything yeah. professional beauty solutions. So it's just where we've we've met and it's been the perfect fit so it's been great and i and i love that you can like i think the podcast and what you're doing is fantastic i, I love listening to podcasts as well and i love it when they're just having a conversation like in, listening to an interview like mia friedman does amazing interviews she's very very clever at how she does her interviews and it's just good. It's a, it's a long form, like podcasts have also opened up this long form type of, type of communication where we, we were sort of brought up on sound bites. You know, we only had access to television and news interviews and things like that are done in really small sound bites. And you, you don't get the true essence of the person who's being interviewed or any of that stuff. It was all lost. Today, you know, you can open up and listen to a podcast and actually just listen to people having conversation with their opinions on things. And like you said, sharing different ideas um, from different people. And sometimes it might be just one tiny little thing. I've had 
I've had podcasts absolutely uh, change the way I look at something and open my eyes up to something. And it's brilliant. It's really cool. I'm so glad that you're doing it. Good on you. Yeah, it's good. Um, now, what is one thing that you have procrastinated about this week? Uh, probably getting ready for this interview. So, um, <laughs> it's not, it's not the place that I feel normally like really comfortable. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, I think that procrastination, we always, I always say procrastination is when you don't know what to do next, actually. Um, mm. so it might be if I've got to go back and find, sometimes I've, I've just got to find something. I'm like, I better go back and find that email and I'll procrastinate on that because I'm like, oh, it's just going to take the time. And if I can't find it, it's going to frustrate me. So things like that is what I procrastinate. Otherwise I'm pretty much like, if I have an idea, or if I have something, I, I feel much better if I just jump in and start doing it. Um, it actually eases my stress. So sometimes I'll just start doing something probably without a, a real plan. And then I'll sit back and go, okay, now hang on a second. I need a plan here. Um, yeah. But yeah, procrastination generally for me is stuff where I go, oh, what is the next step on that? I'm not quite sure. And I'll procrastinate. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have um, a lot in common. <laughs> and I always, I'll always come back to my planner. So when I start feeling that way in my head, I'm, I have a really beautiful planner and I've been so good at using it. And then I'll go say four or five days without even looking at it. And it's like, hang on a second. You need to go back to your planner, just mind dump plan it all out for the week or the, at least the yep. day even. And then you sort of exactly. get back and I think it's that tick off the list. I feel really accomplished when I'm flicking through things and yeah. yeah, you don't have to have it all ticked off every single day, but it keeps you accounted for what you need to do. <laughs> it does, and it helps to stop with the procrastination yeah. <laughs> for sure. And, and thank you so much for um, taking the plunge to be on the podcast as well. I know that it's, it, yeah, it's not in your comfort zone and, I think I just thought, wow, I really want to hear from, from Lisa. Like I've heard so much from Matt. I still don't know Matt's full story, but just actually um, having, having you on solo has been really, really lovely. So thank you. I do appreciate you pushing past that for me <laughs> and our listeners. <laughs> now, what is something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail? I would definitely, um, probably, I would definitely create more of our own brands. Um, I think that creating Sun Escape has been one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And I have loved so much of the process, actually having something that you're really proud of. The challenge of that, though, is that sometimes the way you envisage some things doesn't turn out the way you want it to be. And that, that's really hard when that happens. Um, I am a perfectionist. I've had to let go of some of that. Like I've had to, in order to move forward, I've had to say, all right, well, it's not perfect. It's not the way I 100% wanted it, but it's it's close enough. That's been really challenging. But I, but I, if I couldn't fail, I would definitely do more of that because the, the, just the creativity of designing something of um, I do really get fueled by that more than I would have ever thought. So I've never viewed myself as a really creative thing, but I think that I definitely have a part of a part of me is actually quite creative, and I do really enjoy that, and I like seeing the finished product at the end of it it is it's an incredibly rewarding process because i think that then you've got to kind of grow the brand as well but there is sort of something that comes out of it that is a and somewhat of an end point or a finished product mm. that you kind of go oh okay that's awesome whereas from day to day if you're in a service-based business or it's kind of like 
there's no end to that. There's no, uh, you get to the end of the week, we get to the end of a really busy day and you kind of high five yourself. That was awesome. We got through that. Oh man, for us, you know, getting through an expo is huge. Um, but I think that what really kind of fuels us is when creating something is, is, has been a, a process that I've really enjoyed. Mm. Yeah. I was just going to bring that point up about the expo as well. You probably don't see the helicopter view of your stand until after the photos come out and yeah. you get to obviously utilize them for your social media and stuff. And that, that feeling for you, how, how does that feel when you look at the amount of space that you take up on a beauty expo floor and even just having your own brand sun escape and having such a large, large section there, like you, you do it the best, you do it so well. Um, again, the customer experience that you're creating, I had a gorgeous Fijian foot ritual. Um, I had a beautiful oh, Dermalux LED treatment. I basically milked the whole, um, couple of days, <laughs> um, but I thought, Oh, I'm kid free. I'm going to try and get as much done as I possibly can. And yeah, every single point of contact that I had, even though I was a stockist already, um, was just, yeah, it was like, I, I was as special as I was about to take on an opening order. Um, cool. So, it's yeah. interesting that you say that because we don't just do the expos for new clients. We actually, a big part, even somewhat bigger almost, part of why we do what we do is for our existing accounts because it's the one time of year where we can come together. There's a visual of, you know, a bit more about what's behind the brand and that's a way for us to be able to um, provide that. They are a very expensive, very stressful, like the lead up to Expo is incredibly, incredibly stressful. And all of the moving parts that we have to pull together for that show is insane. Um, and sometimes I go, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this, but every year we seem to do it. And we started small. We, we started with, I'll never forget, the first year we did Expo and Gain Grain was still in the business at that time, they had a four by two was it four by two? I think it was. And that was the biggest that they'd ever had four by two meters. And it was just a shell scheme. And it just had like, we just hired a cabinet that had some product in it. And um, the rest of it was like built with stuff from Ikea and um, the stand. Yeah. It was just, was very, very basic, a pop-up banner and some stuff stuck on the wall. And that was it. And then the next year we thought, look, if we really want to make an impact in the industry, we, we probably need to look at custom building something. And we went to six by three um, I think that was our first jump up into a custom stand and that was really scary and we really took a big plunge on on that and then each, and then each year we kind of did a little bit more we sold a little bit more so it grew incrementally in that way and each year we covered our costs and um, and it, it, we got the return that we were looking for now with all of the brands like it's a bit of another story like it's in it's insane like we build, it's like building, I think we had eight stands. It's like building eight shops, like pop-up shops, because the amount of stock that we take to is incredible and we need lots and lots of storage and we need all of the systems in place to be able to get that stock back to the stand and things for things to flow. And so the functionality of the stand is really important as well as the aesthetic look of the stand and the brand and how it's, how it's represented. Um, so all of that stuff. And what we're trying to do is really give people a feel for the heart of each brand and each brand has its own unique heart 
and essence and we want to do that justice by um, displaying them the way we do um, but yeah it's 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 huge and uh, I, I think that there has been shifts in the in the in that space and I don't know that they're getting the same amount of people that they used to get I think that what they looked like um, even 10 years ago is very a bit different to what we have now and but I very passionate about supporting um, the industry and supporting because I know that if the if the expo died like if the trade show industry dies it does take away um, our opportunity to be in front of a, a large group of people so um, yeah that's why we have invested in it but it is incredibly stressful but I do I like that bit at the end the day or two after where I can kind of breathe and then look at the pretty photos and say <laughs> oh that was pretty awesome but in the middle of it I'm kind of running around and thinking of a million things and don't get to enjoy it but um, I do I do feel accomplished like that we really pulled something off and then it's making sure that we then you know obviously it's got to work financially for us and you know, opening new accounts is really important. But also, like I said, the relationships and that connection, that time to connect with our existing stockists is really important as well. And we love that part of it. Yeah, yeah, I love that part as well. Mm. If you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? I would probably want a Kindle with a thousand books pre-programmed already on it. <laughs> I think that, um, that that for me would be, Heaven is just being able to read and um, and have the time to read. That would be amazing. So I think yeah. that, yeah, that's, that's my answer for that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. We will wrap it up. This is one of our longest episodes and I am so grateful for the amount of time you've given us and all that you have shared with my community. Very much appreciated. Tell our audience what is next for you, uh, what's in the works with your business, and um, then just let us know all the social media handles that we can. Um, I'll leave all the links to everything in the show notes as well. But yeah, just we'll put a bit more awareness into how we can get in contact with you if someone is maybe interested in stocking a, a professional beauty brand. Well, we've um, in terms of where we're headed, we're still. We're still in the process of, I haven't reached the goal, you know, the, the finish line is, I don't even know where that finish line is, but we're still young. We're still trying to build more systems and, and develop more resources that help our clients to grow. Because for us, that's what this is all about. And if we can do that for our salon partners, and we do see this as a partnership that, you know, you're entrusting us by taking on some of our brands and and it's our responsibility to be able to support you as best as we possibly can. So we're very busily working on more and more of that. We're looking at developing um, better education platforms as well, online education platforms. That's kind of already started, but we're really looking to develop that further. Um, and yeah, just figuring out how can we do everything better than when we're already doing it. So that's definitely what's in the works in the future. We've got some, we're looking at some other things which I can't really talk about, but there's some other things that could be exciting that are coming soon as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then in terms of um, finding us, like if you go onto our, we've got probeautysolutions.com.au is our website um, and you can reach out to us through there. There's just send us an email. There's a, a contact form there that you can 
um, send us an email about anything. Each brand, we, we do have websites for each of our brands as well. So if you're interested in image or Sunescape, you can also just go directly to those websites and they'll find their way back to us as well. And then we've got, um, I think it's Professional Beauty Solutions is the um, the Facebook page. Is it? It's not Pro, is it? I'm just thinking. Us. Um, I think it's professional. Yeah, I think it is too. Yeah. Um, but we can put those handles in the um, in the comments. Yeah. I'll get the exact ones for you. Yeah. So I'd love all the listeners to. Um, if you're to go away and do anything right now after listening to this episode, just go and check out the Professional Beauty Solutions Facebook page and Instagram. You've also got all the handles. I'll leave everything, but basically yeah. you've got your professional, um, I think it's Pro Beauty Solutions on Instagram, and then you've got an Instagram yeah. handle for all the brands that you stock to. So yeah. um, just some amazing content there. But if anyone wants a bit of an insight into the amount of support that you do offer, um, your Facebook or your Instagram pages are, um, are jam-packed with all of that as well. So I'd love for everyone to go and check you out. Um, at the end of the show, I always like to give um, a little bit of the interviewee's heart <laughs> to my listeners yep. to just thank them for listening. I wouldn't be able to produce anything like this if it wasn't for our continual um, tap and subscribe and download of the episodes. So yep. Um, we've discussed a little bit about what you would like to give away. Do you want to let our listeners know? Yeah, so we've got a prize of $500 worth of Sun Escape, which can be made up for whether you want retail products or some professional solutions or a bit of a mixture of both. So we can leave that fairly open. But, yeah, we're just going to do a prize pack of $500 worth of Sun Escape. It's summertime, good time to um, try a new tan if you haven't tried Sun Escape, even if you're an existing client. Um, yeah, go into the competition and we can, we'll, we'll give one of those away. Oh, that is really lovely. Thank you so much. And definitely such a great brand to be, um, having a little trial of. And what I would like to listen to samples as well of anything, ask us for samples. We can send those out as well. We do have, um, tanning solution samples. So if you don't win, but you still want to try it out, we can send you some samples as well. Yeah, that would be great. Excellent. Because I think I've had, that's how I started with Sun Escape. I just had the sample pack and had one or two bodies. So I did myself and then someone else and saw the color and it was amazing. So yeah, yeah. what I'd like you to do is go over to the Instagram or Facebook post with Lisa's um, podcast episode and just tell us what your biggest takeaway of this interview was, because there was plenty of golden nuggets in there from Lisa's beauty boss journey. Um, and I hope that we have inspired you in some way to believe in the beauty of your dreams. I'm a big believer. If you can set your mind to it, you can achieve anything. So I want um, to end the year 2018. I think you're episode 19, Lisa. So um, it's been such a fantastic year having um, some incredible guests on our show. And thank you for being my last interview, taking us into 2019 for a new chapter and um got a, a long list of beauty bosses to interview to <laughs> to take yeah. over 2019 so thank you again thanks for having me thank you so much for having me it was a pleasure absolute pleasure lovely thank you so much lisa bye-bye all right take care all right thanks Angela. bye, bye.